0: a neighbor today.
1: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Boy
0: I'll tell you Wisconsin could look a whole lot different by this time tomorrow morning. It's five minutes after five o'clock on a finally Friday morning. Today is the 26th day of April. I'm Pam Yonke. Now let's remember it is April in Wisconsin so the fact that we've got snow in the forecast really should not shock us but I'm sure it will still surprise us when we wake up tomorrow morning forecast is calling for a 60% chance of a rain-snow mix coming our way overnight into Saturday morning. Tomorrow's daytime highs around 42 degrees. The good news for today, we'll have sunshine. We'll hit 62 as our expected high. Like I said, over the weekend, we'll be in the 40s, but by Monday, we'll be back to 51 Tuesday, 56, Wednesday of next week, 60 degrees. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist brings us all those uh, brutal details on weather in about 15 minutes. Also up before 6 o'clock, I think it surprises a lot of people to realize that rural America is suffering through an opioid addiction problem. A survey done by the National Farmers Union and the American Farm Bureau Federation found that as many as 74% of farm families have been impacted by by the opioid crisis. Tomorrow is National Take Back Day, an opportunity for you to get rid of all those unused, unwanted, outdated prescription drugs in your medicine cabinet. We're talking about that with Doug O'Brien, Region 5 Director of Health and Human Services. He's our guest before 6 o'clock.
2: No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be.
3: You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots.
2: Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back.
3: So whether you're just starting out or on your way to building a legacy, we're here for you, wishing you a safe and successful planting season. Learn more at Compere.com.
1: Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender.
0: I'm guessing that most people can figure out that I'm a dog person, but really I'm any animal person. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee here for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. But dogs have always had a part in my life from the farm to today. That's why I was really excited to hear about the cutting-edge research going on now at the School of Veterinary Medicine with Dr. David Vail. He's working on a canine cancer vaccine. Can you imagine not having to treat animals with cancer, but instead being able to prevent it? That's just one example of the cutting-edge research right here in our community. But listen, they need more space to move forward with this kind of research, and that's where you come in. It's not just about donating money. It's also about creating conversations in our state. You can write a letter, send an email, make a phone call to your elected officials, letting them know that the UW School of Veterinary Medicine is out of space and needs to expand. Want more details? Jump online. Animals Need Heroes too. TOO.com
3: For control of yellow nutsedge and tough to kill broadleaf weeds like common lamb's quarters and water hemp in your cornfield, tank mix Yukon in your post-emergence herbicide treatment. Yukon is the gold standard in knockdown and residual control of yellow nutsedge. With two modes of action, Yukon gives you an easy-to-tank-mix tool that also helps defend against herbicide resistance. To keep your cornfields clean of yield-robbing yellow nutsedge and tough broadleaf weeds, Trust UConn from Gowan,
0: USA.
4: Yesterday, if you remember, we talked about a very beneficial
5: insect. That's a honeybee. But unfortunately, as the ice and the snow and the cold weather leave us, there are other insects that become a real
1: problem. And Pam, I know it's something that every time you go outside... You get back in, you better uh, check yourself (laughs) all over because the last thing you want is a
4: tick.
0: Yeah, Bob, fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison gives me the creepy crawlies just thinking about it. But believe it or not, even at this stage in April, Wisconsin's tick population is mobile. I was surprised to have a conversation with Dr. P.J. Leash. University Extension entomologist, he has been getting samples and reports of insect activity from all across the state. And when it comes to ticks, we have a lot of different types of ticks in Wisconsin, and some apparently pretty thick-blooded because they started showing up even before the snow left. Leash gave me an update on what we need to be aware of today when it comes to our tick population.
6: Yeah, and it, actually it's a little bit interesting. I got my first tick cases of About a month ago, it was probably mid-March, right after we got kind of that first wave of things melting out. Um, I've even had some reports from farther north in the state where there were still patches of snow on the ground and folks are finding ticks. So the way I look at the winter weather is it probably didn't do much against ticks. And the reason for that is a lot of our, our common ticks spend the winter down amongst leaf litter on the ground and uh, especially this year, at least in southern Wisconsin, probably many parts of the state, we had pretty good snow cover by the time that polar vortex came around. So they would have been insulated pretty well, which unfortunately means the, the cold weather probably didn't knock them out of the equation.
0: Right. Now, the you said common ticks. That's the other thing we have to kind of be mindful of. Uh, with the way the weather has been uh, cycling across the upper Midwest, we're seeing a fairly diverse tick population as far as uh, types, are not we not? Well, yes and no.
6: I mean, when I think of ticks in a place like Wisconsin, there's really two main species I bump into. There's a third one that's been knocking on our door for a while, and and we get a few cases here and there. Um, If you start digging into it, though, we have a bunch of other kind of obscure species we don't really see unless you're specifically looking for. them. I mean, there are species associated with moose and and woodchucks and things like that. And unless you're going after those animals, you're probably not going to bump into those particular ticks. Um, But the commonest ticks I think of, um, number one on my list would be um, the American dog tick, and and a lot of folks call that one the wood tick. That's probably the commonest one that I see. Good news about that one is we don't have much of a disease concern with it. It, it. Wood ticks can technically carry Rocky Mountain spotted fever, Um, although we see very, very few cases uh, of that um, in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we've got the deer tick, and that's the one that folks should really be most concerned about. Um, They're smaller than wood ticks, so a little bit harder to spot. Um, They can transmit a number of diseases. Lyme disease would be number one that comes to mind, although they can also transmit a disease called anaplasmosis, uh, babesiosis, which is a malaria-like disease, uh, and even some viruses like Powassan virus, which can be very serious. So that deer tick, we've got a lot of concerns with it. And then the third species I'll mention, it's relatively new in our area. Um, It's a species that does better to the south, and this is the lone star tick. And if you went to even southern Illinois or Missouri or Kentucky, Tennessee, places like that, it can be a a tick that's much more common there. Up here, um, that Lone Star tick, it's possible the cold might have have knocked those back a bit um, because, again, it's a species that uh, does better to the south of us, slightly warmer winters I don't see many of uh, per year. It can have diseases like erliquiosis associated with it. And that one is weird because it can also cause an allergic reaction to red meat due to some of the uh, uh, chemicals present in its saliva. So it's kind of weird in that regard.
0: Mm. Hmm. Going back to something that you mentioned earlier, PJ, the fact that you were getting uh, tick reports, tick samples, even when there was snow still on the ground, does this tell you, is this, you know, we talk a lot in agriculture about uh, herbicide-resistant plants. Are these ticks uh, becoming kind of a uh, superbody to Wisconsin winters? Well, no, I don't think there's any evidence for that, Um, and I,
6: in general, tell folks, You know, if it's above freezing and there's no snow on the ground or patchy snow, you could potentially bump into uh, ticks out there. If there's still solid snow cover, you you should be in the clear. But uh, I've personally picked uh, some ticks off my dog in in February before. Uh, Several years back, I think it was 2012, we had a really early spring that year. So uh, if it warms up early, you can find ticks even in, in months like January or February potentially
0: population-wise, do you have any sense? Will it be a a heavier tick population this year? What other other things are you noting from either samples that have been sent in PJ or your own personal observations?
6: Yes, that's a really good question. It's always really difficult to judge how tick pressure will be in a given year. And a reason for that is our common ticks, like the wood tick and and like the deer tick, they have a two-year life cycle. So if there's something drastic that impacts their life cycle, let's say it takes out um, the adults but not the juveniles, or vice versa, something like that, it may actually be two years before you notice a real impact. So it, it's always hard to predict tick activity. From what I've been seeing um, so far in 2019, seems fairly average to me in terms of the number of tick. Uh, samples and and cases and calls I've had at the insect diagnostic lab. Um, So really hard to tell as the season goes on, we'll get a better feel for is it a really uh, heavy tick year or is it a little bit lighter, but a little early to tell at this point.
0: Is that the same situation with your mosquito uh, forecasting, PJ? Are we Uh. a little ahead of the gun? Well, to be honest,
6: I've seen a few mosquitoes already. Um, Not too surprising, though, if you understand mosquito biology. Um, So in Wisconsin, we've got about 60 different species of mosquitoes. Some of those species can overwinter as adult mosquitoes, and they go to a sheltered uh, rock outcropping or or small cave or hollow log or something like that, sometimes even in in root cellars or, or cool basements or a barn basement or something like that once it warms up into the 50s or warmer, those adult mosquitoes that made it through the winter can potentially become active. So I've seen a few of those. Um, In terms of the big explosion of mosquitoes that really kind of kicks off mosquito season, that's probably, I suspect, about a month away. It's usually about third or fourth week in May uh, when we typically see that big emergence and first flush of mosquitoes. Now, when it comes to mosquito forecasts, though, it really depends a lot on um, the rainfall in a given year. Um, if things are really, really rainy, like we saw in 2018, it, it probably would be a, a strong mosquito year. If things are drier over the next or five months, then we shouldn't see as many mosquitoes. So really hard to tell at this point. It's really going to be dictated by the amount of precipitation we get.
0: All right. Now uh, let's talk about other insects that you're noting, PJ. You're not just uh, a one-trick pony here talking mosquitoes and ticks. You're watching a wide variety of insects that uh, are starting to make their presence felt around Wisconsin.
6: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, In terms of some of the insects I've been seeing more reports of lately, Uh, I think we've probably chatted in the past about an invasive stink bug called brown marmorated stink bug. I've had lots and lots of reports of those. I was just looking at some of the numbers in my database so far this year. About 10% of all my samples thus far in 2019 have been brown marmorated stink bug, and we know those... Sneak into people's houses, kind of like box elder bugs. So it, it makes sense. Things warmed up in the spring, they became active. So lots of reports of those been seeing some of my first reports for uh, butterflies out there in the state, mm-hmm. some of them that uh, overwinter as uh, adult butterflies, so things like red admiral and, and morning Cloak. So I, I've seen some of those already. Um, it was a nice weekend, so saw several of those at my parents' house. Haven't seen any reports of monarch butterflies yet. I imagine it'll probably be sometime in May. We, we may see our first ones up here, but uh, the monarchs, for example, have left uh, overwintering grounds and, and Mexico and have started their way northward towards Texas. So those will be up here fairly soon. And uh, lots of other things just kind of starting to get going. Uh, and it makes sense because a lot of the plants are, are just barely getting going at this point. But once uh, the plants push out foliage and, and flowers, um, I'm guessing I'm going to see a lot more insect activity here in, in probably the next two weeks or so.
0: So definitely not to start thinking about uh, mosquito repellent or especially uh, tick protection.
6: Right, right. And, uh, I mean, the good thing for repellents that you just mentioned... The same stuff we use for mosquitoes, we can use against ticks in a lot of cases. So, you know, DEET and picaridin and, and things like that. So if you haven't stocked up for the year, now might be a decent time to think about it.
0: Yes, the creepy crawlies are out. That's PJ Leash, University Extension entomologist. Listen, if you want to find out about the latest insects that he's getting reports on or discovering himself, wonderful way to follow him is on Twitter, W I Guy. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke.
1: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
5: We are now in the exciting era of biostimulators for the skin. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Products such as Sculptra Aesthetic can be injected safely into the skin to stimulate collagen production. This creates a framework that helps keep or restore facial volume, thus preventing many of the effects of aging such as sagging and wrinkles. Biostimulators such as Sculptra produce subtle, gradual results over time. Many of my patients describe the compliments they receive, such as, You look so great! Wow, you've hardly aged! Not only does Sculptra achieve natural and gradual results, the effect is long-lasting To learn more, visit the experienced medical professionals at Rejuvenation Clinic of Salk Prairie for natural, long-lasting confidence and beauty. Let your natural beauty shine through. Find us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com.
2: Sure, you can do it yourself, but is it really worth it? -it Do-it-yourself plumbing is often no walk in the park. And you run the risk of leaks leading to water damage or the dangers of electrical problems or even gas leaks. It's also important your plumbing repairs meet current codes and standards. When you hire your friends from Benjamin Plumbing, you know it's fixed right, up to code, and guaranteed. The majority of Benjamin's residential plumbing repairs are more affordable than you think. Save your marriage. Save your sanity. Save your weekend. Before you roll up your sleeves and try it yourself, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing.
7: Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem
8: is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com.
3: Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business
8: Benjamin Plumbing.
7: Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report.
0: 521 now on a final Friday of April. Stu Egg meteorologist joining us. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to wake up to this morning. I'm pleasantly surprised.
1: Yeah, it's quiet this morning. And I mean, we'll have sunshine today. Temperature is a little bit cooler than normal. That's not hard to take. But then there's Saturday when a winter storm watch goes into effect. It's in effect from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. at La Crosse, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at Madison. That winter storm watch affecting La Crosse, Vernon, Richland, Sauk, Dane, Jefferson counties, and areas all the way into southwest Wisconsin. Low pressure's coming in. Snow will mix in tomorrow. The low is going to cross just off to our south. Uh, some indications are it heads toward Chicago. Looks to me like it may head even a bit further south. That's why we have more of that snow talk around parts of western and southern Wisconsin. Everybody will have some wet accumulation. I'll have forecast details right after this.
0: Now, the easy and fastest way to order ag parts is with Sloan Express, America's ag parts supplier. Simply put, Sloan Express is a lower price alternative to original manufacturer parts. And now, free shipping on orders over $195 right to your front door. Plus, we offer free shipping to 20 Sloan locations. Enter code Wisconsin10 at checkout and save 10%. Get your free catalog online at SloanEx.com or call today. You know, these folks don't have capes or superpowers, but they are heroes. They are Wisconsin organ donors. I'm Pam Yankee. By becoming a donor, it's not just that you become a hero. It's your legacy. It's the lives you touch. Al Reich from Barneveld lost his wife in 2001. Her organ donations touched more than 50 lives, including a young father in Kentucky.
6: Well, lo and behold, her kidney... A uh, doctor said he'd never seen a match like that. It matched every single way, one hundred percent. And uh, he had three little kids. And my oldest daughter said, "You know, you know, she was forty at the time, so it was tough for her to lose her mother. But it would be really hard knowing that you were only eight years old."
0: Al Wright from Barneveld. You too can be a hero and leave a legacy that touches lives. Donate Life dot Donate Life Wisconsin. O-R-G. All right, Stu, let's have that forecast. Uh, Kirby Ron from La Crescent and uh, Dell from North Fond du Lac both checked in. Three tenths of an inch of rain overnight. It's going to look different tomorrow.
1: Well, tomorrow will change, yes. Mostly sunny, breezy today. Very upper 50s and low 60s. Northwest winds 10 to 20, gusting up at 30 and 35. Still clear overnight. We would hold in the mid and upper 30s with the northwest winds about 5 to 10. And then there's Saturday, cloudy skies. We start out in the upper 30s, dropping to the low 30s in the afternoon. And that's on rain and snow develop, snow that will accumulate. I think we have to talk about that lacrosse and Oshkosh area, a one to three inch range, and then uh, anywhere from lacrosse, Boston to Madison, easily in two to four, maybe some six inch amounts here and there cloudy, windy with the snow. East winds 8 to 18, gusting to 25. Everything ends Saturday night. In fact, by Sunday, pan, the sun comes out again, and we hold in the mid-40s. That's going to melt the snow off, but leave us with a sloppy, wet mess again.
0: Yeah, as expected. 26th day of April, and there you go. Thanks, Stu. Have a good weekend. Stu Muck, our Ag Meteorologist with weather details, and let's take a look. Uh, La Crosse, you're starting off with clear skies, 48 degrees. Mostyn, clear in 46. Fond du Lac, clear in 46. In Oshkosh, Clear and 48, Madison at the airport. Clear and 48 degrees, feels like 45. It's 525.
1: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
7: I am so proud to have six of the best custom jewelers and two of the most advanced CAD designers in Madison that meticulously work under microscopes, producing some of the finest custom jewelry Madison has ever seen. If you want your beautiful engagement ring or anything custom with the utmost accuracy, you'll only be able to have it done at Chalmers Jewelers. Six of the best custom jewelers and two of the most advanced CAD designers is why Chalmers Jewelers is voted Best of Madison Gold year after year.
3: I wasn't expecting him to even have the ring for me. I thought we were just going to go in and just kind of look.
7: I had decided to ask her to marry me in the store.
3: He proposed to me at Chalmers Jewelers. I was speechless, but I was so taken back that the only thing I could do was cry. It was everything that I'd
7: hoped it would be, and the surprise and the ring were perfect for the perfect woman in my life. Chalmers
5: Jewelers in Middleton are you looking for a facial that gives results? We're proud to introduce Hydrofacial MD, a new medical facial that cleanses, exfoliates, and hydrates your skin in less than an hour. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Hydrofacial MD uses Vortex technology, which infuses cleansing serums along with glycolic and salicylic acid to deeply clean and exfoliate pores and dead skin cells. Next, infusion of light therapy and super serums with ingredients such as hyaluronic acid and antioxidants lead to hydration and healing. This medical facial is not painful and gives no downtime. Hydrofacial MD at Rejuvenation Clinic will leave your skin brighter, smoother, and healthier for several weeks while still providing a relaxing experience in a comfortable environment.
2: Let your natural beauty
5: shine through. Visit us at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk You
2: count on the serenity, the peace and quiet when you have the house all to yourself. Then The contentment is interrupted by the sound of bloop, bloop. You never hear it when everyone else is home. But the solitude of just you and you alone has your kitchen faucet wanting to carry on a serious blooping conversation. It's something Benjamin Plumbing's service techs fix all the time. The majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Bloop, blooping, leaky faucet. Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing.
6: Hi, Dale Benjamin
8: with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com.
3: Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business.
8: Benjamin
0: Plumbing.
3: Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. The skills, qualities, and contacts you will develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com.
5: Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. My name is Charles.
7: I'm 38 years old. My name is Charles. I'm 38 years old. One day I had a sudden headache. I had a headache. Suddenly my arm went numb and I felt confused. My arm went tingly. I knew I was having a stroke. I didn't know what was going on. I told my wife and she dialed 911. I didn't want to miss work, so I went. The ambulance arrived just in time. I had a stroke on the bus. Because of quick response, today I'm on my way to a full recovery. Today I have partial paralysis. Seconds made all the difference. Seconds made all the difference. If you or someone
1: you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You can make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. Time lost is braid lost. For more information, visit PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council.
2: Well, Robbie, happy, uh, happy draft day. Yeah,
8: happy draft day to you too, boys. It'll uh, it'll be a fun three or four hours tonight, won't it? Uh, I,
2: yeah. I think it's, you know, to have two first-round draft picks. Let's just start there, Rob. Um, you know, and we'll get into the individual picks, but just the totality of the night with Green Bay having two two kicks at the can tonight, how, how how big a deal is that?
8: Yeah, I mean it's huge. I mean you look you look, guys. The last time they had two ones was 0-9, and they found you know B.J. Raji at nine, Clay Matthews. They traded back into the later part of the first round to get a year later, they're Super Bowl champs, and and Raji and um, Matthews are arguably you know two of the top seven or eight players on. On the roster, Certain, you know, throw Woodson in there on defense, and those, and I guess Nick Collins as well. Those are your intramon. I guess that was such a good group, you know. So there, there, there are two elite, elite starters uh, within what eighteen months of being drafted that help you win a Super Bowl. Can they find that again? I, I think that would be pretty hard, guys. But it's not out of the realm of possibility, and that that's what they need to do. And then they've got another pick, obviously, uh, pretty high tomorrow at number forty-four, early in the you know early part of the second round. Um, guys, I think they've got to get at least two starters out of those three picks for uh, for 2019 to to maybe play themselves back into into the playoffs, and not just random starters, guys. You know, C plus B minus kind of starters that, that eventually turned into A minus players. They probably won't play at that level right away as a rookie. Um, in terms of you know being borderline Pro Bowlers, it, it's hard to find what the Saints found in 17 and the Colts found in 18, guys, but. Yeah, um, if if they can go ahead and find themselves two really quality starters and four or five key backups out of these out of these ten picks, and really guys too, it, it won't get talked about much. But if they can find four or five guys that really come in and help on special teams, which was Keystone Cops uh, all season long last year, and just. Just an all-time crap show over there in Green Bay. Uh, the way they played special teams, and and they can beef up those units, then uh, you know, then maybe they find a way to get back into, uh, you know, into into the playoffs here, guys, in twenty
2: nineteen. Uh, visiting with our Packer insider Rob Reichart. Right, let's start with twelve, Robbie, and, and we put this on our one of our Twitter polls today because I think these are the most likely scenarios that they would do at twelve: edge rusher, o lineman, tight end, or with some of the the craziness that could fall out before them at twelve. Trade the pick. Out of those four scenarios, uh, are those the most four likely? Is there any other scenario? And out of those four, do you, which do you think makes the most sense?
8: All right, so you went you went O line, you went tight end, and you went edge rusher, right? Yep. In, or the possibly, front, and then possibly and trading then, the move, pick. and then moving the pick. Yeah. You know, would they, would they move up or down in your version there, Joey?
2: Well, we gave it an open ended up okay. or down.
8: Yeah, I mean, it if if they're really targeting a guy somewhere in that let's say five to eight range. There's no question they they have the ammo to do it, but they're going to give up a lot to do it. You know, if if you want to jump, let's just say from 12 to five, um, you're going to probably give up that 30th pick and maybe even a deeper pick as well, guys, uh, to to go ahead and do something like that. My best guess is they'll stay put, and then really, Joe, I know I I know this is a this is kind of a cop out. Um, but it's going to be how that board falls and, and who's doing what ahead of them. Does somebody jump up and take a quarterback? Do the Raiders surprise some people with, with what they're going to go ahead and do at four? Does Jacksonville surprise some people and maybe take Hawkinson already at seven, uh, the tight end? I, I think Hawkinson is a guy the Packers would love to have at 12. The question is, does he get down there? And then if you're Green Bay, um, you know I know Detroit would love him at eight, does Green Bay jump up four or five spots and, and try to get ahead of them for uh, teams like the Lions or somebody else for for a player like Hawkinson? Um, you know, does, does a linebacker uh, sneak past the Bengals and and get to you? Um, you know, an, an edge rusher like a Burns that they might be high on. It really is. It's so contingent, guys, on what's going to happen above them in the draft. I do think Koons will will have the courage and the Kahunas to go up and get a player if he's absolutely in love with him. But if he sits there and, and just stays pat and says, "Hey, let let's see how the board falls," and he can land himself a guy like Jonah Williams out of out of Alabama, who's largely seen as the best lineman in the draft, maybe a guy like Jawan Taylor falls into his lap and and he likes that player, maybe a tackle like Andre Dillard. I mean, you hit the key needs, Joe. I mean, they they probably need an offensive tackle uh, slash guard to play this year and unquestionably in 2020. They need a tight end uh, that maybe could even come in and start over Jimmy Graham.
1: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
0: 5.35 now on a finally Friday morning. Did you know on this day back in 1986, the Chernobyl nuclear disaster happened? Big parts of Europe that were contaminated when Reactor 4 at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant literally exploded. You know, to this day, they still cannot figure out how many deaths were connected to the Chernobyl disaster. I remember I was at UW-River Falls. I was a senior... And uh, we were at a journalism banquet and our professors were talking about not wanting to eat their salad because the nuclear waste from Chernobyl might have ended up over farm fields in the United States. Huh. Back on this date, 1986, the Chernobyl nuclear disaster. And now you know. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Service's Cooperative Agri-News desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. Well, next week, he hangs it up. Norb Hartke from Sauk City, current director of milk marketing for Family Dairies USA, a division of Farm First Dairy Cooperative, is hanging it up. For 30 years, he worked with the NFO, taking a look at milk management. And for the past 17, he's been with Farm First Dairy Cooperative. I got a chance to visit with him and asked him to shed a little light on what he's seen in his career as far as milk marketing is concerned.
7: Oh, I mean, this industry has changed so much since I've been in here. I mean, I can remember the old MW series price when that first came out and everything yeah. happened with that. And when and MW made it over 10 bucks, yeah. oh, wow. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a situation that this industry has grown so much um, uh, like I said there's never a dull moment in the dairy business mm-hmm. there's always something going on and uh I I was just reminiscing a while ago how i was a piece of all that Mm -hmm. having to make the component issue fly and explaining to producer how their milk checks are going to be done um to dealing with milk haulers and all the the changes we've seen in that industry from the single axle trucks to now the semis and now the direct ship tankers and all the ramifications they all entail in in milk marketing Mm -hmm. so it's 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 a combination of a lot of things that i've been involved And I was 30 years with uh, National Farmers Organization and 17 years now with Family Dairies. So uh, uh, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of things. I've seen the federal order Mm -hmm. hearings that we used to go through Mm -hmm. and all those things, dealing with some of the other cooperatives, being on the CMPC board and having all the changes we've seen. And even in the milk producers checks Mm -hmm. all the add-ons we used to have Mm -hmm, that because of this this milk going uh uh going down and all that how that has all changed it so hopefully as we see things going in not too distant future like probably this fall but maybe some of those things can start coming back on again to give producers some additional income
0: He's seen a lot of history in the dairy industry. That's Norb Hartke from Sauk City, the current director of milk marketing for Family Dairies USA, which is part of Farm First Dairy Cooperative, retiring next week. In his place, Mick Holmes steps in as the new director of milk marketing for the cooperative's Family Dairies USA division. Enjoy retirement, Norb. Coming up in just a moment, markets again finding more red ink to finish off our week. Details coming up Hey, here's a little news blip from my friends at McFarland's in the heart of Sauk City, 780 Carolina Street, just off Highway 12. Hey, if you're planning on travel this summer, whether it's a family vacation or just for work, did you know tire prices are going up? Why? Market conditions. Competition from around the world. So make sure if your tires are a little on the thin side, you were thinking about replacing them anyhow, or you are planning on some miles this summer, now's a good time. Take care of that all under one roof at McFarland's. Remember, it's not just about tires. They do oil changes, alignments, and all kinds of vehicle maintenance. They can handle vehicles up to nine ton. Oh, you say you're bigger than that? Hey, they can handle you too. Tire doctor Frank Cook will be on the scene of your farm or field for service when and where you need it. McFarland's, giving you all you need for a successful spring and summer under one roof, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. In an effort to protect the United States from African swine fever yesterday, the U.S. Grains Council announced that while they'll continue to travel internationally trying to strike up new deals with partners, they will not allow anybody that's a part of the U.S. Grains Council trade team to be on livestock farms, specifically hog farms. Anywhere in the world. They say it's all in an effort to continue to protect the United States from that nasty African swine fever. The markets have been reacting to the continued loss of hogs around the world. Kent Bang is a financier with Compure Financial that works specifically with pork producers, and he said, Well, it's tragic. For the world to witness the loss of hogs like they have, it does present market opportunities for U.S. pork producers.
1: We've got a tremendous opportunity to lock in some profits here. That, those decisions have to be based around, you know, the individual producer and what their needs are. And, and I, you know, there, we have producers that, that really need to capture some profits this year. It hasn't been real, uh, a real profitable business over the last four years, Um, And this is an opportunity for producers to make up some ground, um, rebuild working capital, rebuild net worth. And so they need to be looking at this opportunity.
0: Kent Bang, he is an ag financier with Compure Financial, working specifically with U.S. pork producers. Now markets and overnight electronic trade continue. To gravitate lower. Yesterday we finished on the soft side this morning. December corn is up only a quarter of a cent, three seventy-seven and a half. November soybeans are down three and a quarter cents overnight at eight ninety a bushel. July new crop wheat, that's up a penny and a quarter, four forty-two and three quarters. Barrel cheese yesterday gained three cents to one hundred sixty-three. Forty pound block cheese was up two at one sixty nine. Double A butter finished a half cent higher yesterday, two twenty-six a pound. At one time yesterday, Fluid milk contracts were up more than 40 cents a hundredweight. In overnight trade, some profit taking in. May milk's down nine right now at 1620 a hundredweight. June milk currently down seven at 1630 a hundredweight. This is the
1: Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
3: We've always had villains to face,
2: bad guys to take down. But you,
3: You are the most horrible of all. Just because you're tough, it doesn't mean we can't beat you.
8: We're here
7: because we've had enough of you.
3: We all have the power to do something.
2: To change something.
3: To stand up to cancer. Every single one of us is mortal. Even me. Even me. One person is not a team. But when we join together...
2: You don't stand a chance. But inside, we are all heroes.
3: We are resilient.
2: We are powerful.
3: And we will win. Marvel Studios' Avengers Endgame, MasterCard, and Stand Up to Cancer are joining together today to help take down one of the biggest villains of
5: all. Cancer. Join us now at standuptocancer.org slash MasterCard.
0: By land, sea, or air, Alaska is beautiful. And guess what? We'll see Alaska all three ways. I'm Pam Yankee. It is time. Make that call. Make that reservation. We've only got a few seats remaining for our Alaska Agriculture Adventure, August 20th through September 1st. Call 800-826-2266 for reservation details or online. FabulousFarmBabe.net right there on the home page alaska august 20th through september 1st
3: cbd it's the latest greatest way to manage pain inflammation anxiety and more you want it and we've got it but we're sticking to our roots all things vape at infinite vapor we still want to help you quit smoking because for us vaping isn't a trend it's a choice to live let the vape fix and help
2: Located on Atwood and University, Infinite Vapor, customer service gurus who got into the vaping business.
7: The only person who can actually find the needle in the haystack. Wow! This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Yonke. A
0: lot of people are surprised to find out that 74% of farm families all across the United States have been touched or impacted somehow by the opioid crisis. Those statistics are also one of the reasons why Wisconsin is near the top of the list when it comes to drug overdoses, many of which are happening in rural communities. Tomorrow is National Take Back Day, an opportunity for you to gather up all those unused, unwanted prescriptions that you've got in the house and safely dispose of them. Doug O'Brien is the director of Region 5 For the Health and Human Services, he's out of Chicago. And although he is in the urban city center, he said he really recognizes the battle that rural Wisconsin's dealing with when it comes to the opioid crisis.
4: Traditionally, a lot of folks in America think about Drug problems as being an inner city problem, but this is one that's really, really different. Uh, It has a lot of contributing factors to the point where we see it everywhere. We see it in the inner city, we see it in the suburbs, we see it with affluent communities, with communities of color, but it really has had a pretty significant impact on rural America, and it's exacerbated by a couple of issues that that really have been long-standing issues that we've been working on with rural America. And that is access to care and having a healthcare workforce that serves rural communities. And those are a couple of things that we're very, very focused on at HHS, not just in terms of the opioid crisis, but in terms of healthcare in general and making sure that we're doing everything we can to preserve and protect and enhance quality of life in rural America.
0: You know, Doug, let's talk a little bit about why this has turned into a rural problem. It Honestly, uh, it is almost innocent the way that people can become addicted to this stuff. You know, we're in agriculture. We use our bodies to do a lot of our work. And that, from that innocent beginning may be one of the reasons why rural Wisconsin is so engaged in the opioid situation.
4: Absolutely, and and you know, you touch on a couple of important things. There are millions of Americans who deal with pain for various for various reasons. Some of it is chronic pain from the work that they do. Some of it is from uh, an injury. Some of it is from other kinds of medical treatment, like surgery, things like that. But millions of Americans. Take medication to treat their pain. And, you know, we want to make sure that folks are able to effectively treat their pain, uh, that they can recover from injuries or from illness, or that they can deal with chronic pain and maintain a quality of life and be able to work and be able to, uh, you know, just live their lives. But what has happened is is that a, a proportion of the people who've been taking pain medication have developed. Uh, either uh, abuse of those medications or what we see very frequently is that legitimately and legally prescribed pain medication is being diverted out of the legal use and into the illicit supply. And this is where Drug Take Back Day comes in this Saturday because we want folks to make sure that they're going through their medicine cabinets, going through their their cupboards where they keep medication, and making sure that any medicine that's expired or that they don't need right now that they're disposing of properly because this is the problem folks folks maybe have a you know you have a little procedure maybe you have a little work done on your knee and the doctor gives you pain medication you may take some of it you may take half of it you may take less than that and then you leave it in the in the medicine cabinet thinking I'm going to save it for a rainy day That's the medication that ends up in the illicit supply. That's the medication that gets diverted, and that's the medication that inadvertently is fueling the opioid crisis. We want to make sure that folks are playing their part and contributing to fighting the opioid epidemic by making sure we're getting those drugs out of circulation now.
0: Now, Saturday, as you said, is the basically the prescription drug take-back day. How does that work, Doug? What uh, what can I do? How can I find out more about that for uh, the drugs that I may have on hand?
4: It works in a lot of different ways. And, and I will say for folks, you know, it's not just limited to your prescription medications, and it's not just limited to pain medications. Any medication that you don't need or medication that, you, that is expired, you need to get rid of that and you need to dispose of it in a safe an effective way and throwing it in the trash or dumping it down the sink is not safe and effective we know that so take the time you're doing spring cleaning you're you're uh, looking to get rid of some clutter it's a great time to do that what we want people to do is to go on com, and that's drug enforcement agency take back.com DEA is a fantastic partner in in combating the opioid crisis. So DEATakeback.com and you can put in your zip code and you can find locations that are participating among the thousands of partners we have participating in Take Back Day this Saturday. So it may be your local police station, it could be a local pharmacy, it could be a local hospital and you can safely dispose of your medications anonymously in those locations on Saturday. But another new technology that we've developed that HHS and f and Uh, DEA have developed in collaboration with Google is to be able to go on the Google Maps app and be able to put in Take Back Day and find locations not just Saturday, but 365 days a year in your community that are engaged in Take Back, because we want Take Back Day to be every day. When you have, uh, when you get some pain medication, uh, we don't want it to sit around for three or four months in your medicine cabinet uh, until there's the next take-back day. We want you to be able to, once you don't need them anymore, to be able to dispose of them safely and properly. So we really want to see take-back day go to a 365-day-a-year um, operation rather than once or twice a year, and that's why we're leveraging new technology and partnerships to be able to make that happen.
0: You know, you talked earlier, Doug, about uh, the infrastructure in uh, rural Wisconsin, rural areas of the countryside, how it's lacking with some of those uh, services, uh, assistance. Are we making a dent at all when it comes to helping these folks and these families that are are suddenly finding themselves unable to live without these opioids? Are we making a dent yet?
4: Absolutely, and it's a major priority for uh, HHS Secretary Alex Azar for the White House for President Trump's administration to address the needs in rural America. And a few things that we've done. One is we're, we're changing some of the rules. Some of the rules that have, have had an, uh, an unintended negative impact on healthcare in rural communities. Some of the reimbursement rates that artificially lowered reimbursement rates that had the perverse impact of of drying up the workforce supply in rural communities. If people aren't being reimbursed and being paid equitably, you're going to have less workforce available. So we're rectifying some of those reimbursement rules. It sounds really arcane, but it really has an impact. Second thing we're doing is we're investing significantly in telemedicine because that is where technology can really open up new opportunities in rural America because now, currently, a lot of people have a, have a bad choice. I can go and get specialty treatment for my health care needs, and whether that's cancer treatment or whether it's recovery treatment if you're, if you're dealing with substance use disorder, I have a choice of either moving to where the treatment's available and leaving my home, my family, my way of life, or I can go without the quality of care that I need. We want to get rid of that bad choice. We want to be able to use technology to open up new opportunities for people to be able to get treatment in the community where they live, where they have their roots and and that also has a positive impact on the effectiveness of care because when people are able to stay in their homes, stay with their support mechanism of their family and their friends, their recovery from whatever illness they're dealing with is going to have a much higher success rate. So we're investing very, very heavily there as well. Also, we're working constantly to enhance workforce development. We invest millions of dollars every year in assistance for students who are going into healthcare fields, who are committing to practice in underserved communities, and that includes rural America. So we're we're doing everything we can, and we want to do a lot more to be able to enhance the access and availability of care in rural America.
0: Doug O'Brien, he is the Health and Human Services Director for Region 5, that's out of Chicago, again tomorrow, National Take Back Day, an opportunity for you to gather up all those prescription drugs you no longer need or use or are just standing by and safely donate them. Like he said, jump online, the website takebackday.dea, or if you want to pull out your app and Google Maps, just type in take Back when it comes to the search, and it will give you directions to a collection facility near you. It has been successful. Last year alone, the national take-back efforts gathered more than 914,000 pounds of prescription drugs that were no longer needed. Take a look at that medicine cabinet. Well, tomorrow you're going to want to take a